Good day, all. Welcome back to Ag Watchers uh, with myself, Andrew Whitelaw, and Matt Douglas. Matt, what's up? Oh, mate. Disappointing week this week, seriously. Um, shocking. What's, what's, what, oh, what's, what's happened to you, Matt? Frustrated. What's, what's, what's upset you tonight? Frustrated and annoyed, mate. Oh, jeez. Oh. And it's actually, I mean, you, you kind of were the catalyst for it, but um, it was something uh, I saw. Gen- generally, I'm the catalyst for everything by the sounds <laughs> of it. Mate, it's just this thing that annoys when you've got a big multinational overseas company coming in and intimidating and using their power and weight to try and just hassle the little guy. It just makes my blood boil. It's, it's un-Australian from this. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about here. Yeah, well, this tweet—is okay. it a all, tweet or all, a tweet? It's all is it about. A tweet? Is it a tweet that you put out or a tweet? I'm not sure. Oh, I think I think I know what you're talking about. I think it's it's about that uh, Mick Fells. That's it. You know, a farmer in in West Australia. Uh, he has a company uh, on the side, as as well as being a, a large scale farmer. He's got a company called I Paddock. I Paddock. That's the one. And for all the farmers in Australia, will understand that it's paddock, as in field. <laughs> you know? yeah. Whereas Apple have taken great umbrage to his name. They're using the letter I. Using the letter I. I wonder if they, I. Go to, they might go up to Sesame Street next time they do. The, you know, this is brought to you by the letter I. I mean, but it's interesting because I wonder if it is, it, and I think it potentially is that maybe they think of it is, and I never even thought of this iPad, then Doc. Rather oh, I than I paddock. Oh. I just thought I didn't even think of that myself. I just thought it's, like, but it's, it's, the, it's the pretty eye. it's pretty poor though, and it's and it's sort of typical of a lot of these big multinationals, big, big, big North big, American, big, you know, multinational. Well, it's that sort of litigious sort of behaviour that you expect to see, uh, and it's, it's disappointing. disappointing. And it, and it is disappointing because like a lot of his stuff, I've followed him on Twitter for a long time, and he's got a lot of interesting sort of inventions. It's and uh, to be head up. Uh, even even if it doesn't get anywhere, it's still going to cost him a fortune in legal costs. Just trying to battle it. It's just, 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 it's just, just wrong, isn't it? Just you know, wrong. What, what, is, what is every letter cost $500 or more? And it's just that's yeah, just bad. It's, it leaves a sour taste in your throat. And I, look, at the end of the day, I'm, I've got an iPhone here. I've got an iPhone here, but it's it still makes you think like, these companies that are making, what does Apple make per year? What, it's it's, a lot of, it's, it's a in the top in the top five largest business in the world and it going after the little guy. It's it's the vibe. It just, they should just focus <laughs> the vibe. They should just focus on making a good product, which I, I've got an iPhone myself, I make a good product, but I mean, just focus on doing what you do well and don't worry so much about these little guys. Just don't don't worry about the little guy. Anyway, it? anyway. That's enough what, of the rant. For, that's enough of it. For, for, for what it's worth, Mick, uh, keep up the good fight. Uh, yeah, I think the agricultural space doesn't follow this kind of litigious behaviour. The agricultural space doesn't really like this. And as and as they say in Australia, it's all about having a fair go. So markets, what's happening? What, what oh, do you want to talk been, about? It, well, the thing that really stood out for me, um, cheap markets are kind of chugging along. So I won't focus too much on that. I won't waste your time on that one for this week. But um, the big one was the announcement with uh, Danny Victoria, the spread of COVID into some of the meatworks. JBS was the bigger one. Yeah. Uh, their, their Brooklyn site. There was a few others that have been impacted as well, but the concern was around JBS just given their size. So they've shut down the deep clean and all that stuff and trying to contain the current COVID spread in Victoria has been um, was that, a, was that, issue, that, but certainly... Was that, a, 
Was that a sheep or cattle abattoir? Uh, they, I think they both, I mean, the, the, the concern there is, is it's a cattle one, yeah. Okay. Like the cattle space is, is, you know, they're a significant one in terms of cattle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, the, the issue is really that um, it's not just the fact you've got them closed down, but then also with the, with the closure of the borders, you know, or at least not the closure, but the limitations on uh, movement through the border. You, you know, I've probably seen on the news as well, Andrew, that um, everyone's getting delayed going through the border. So um, the, uh, the JPS abattoirs that are up in Scone, pronounce that correctly, in New South Wales. Scone. <laughs> um, or, or, if, or if you're American. Biscuit. <laughs> well, the JBS Abitrapa in Scone has said that they're going to start to ramp up their um, their uh, capacity as of this weekend. So they're going to take some on, but it's going to mean that those animals are going to have to get up there to, to New South Wales. So, you know, hopefully there won't be too much hassle getting stuff in nah, and out. I've, of I think commercial stuff is getting flown through. and Yeah, quick. It's oh, getting, look, it's, it's probably still fast. a bit of a delay, though. I think it's not going to be super smooth. For, 45 minutes, maybe. Yeah, but um, so that's an issue. Obviously, um, some of the concerns around maybe border stuff and also um, just this beginning, uh, certainly the spread of COVID in Victoria, but that um, issues with um, a bit of an outbreak in New South Wales and now it's more like on the news tonight. Yeah, I reckon, and this is the thing, like this outbreak, it's... What is it in the mid seven day average is mid 200s now? It's over like, 300 now, as for, of, uh, uh, but but the seven day out rolling average oh, is yeah, like yeah, 250, yeah. 260, yeah, something yeah. like that. And I think it's like I think it's inevitable for these type of flare ups to occur over hmm. and over again. Like there's no vaccine, hmm. so at some point we have to open up, and at some hmm. point, you know, it's it's just going to come back until you get unless you keep the borders 100% closed, which is not viable in a modern economy mm. or have a vaccine which is what two years uh, at best potentially longer at best longer. and so you know and that's why i think like we're probably going to see a flare-up mm. in sydney which mm. we're probably starting to see the start of that but yeah, Ad right. adelaide perth brisbane they're all going to experience these, I think. It's that suppression policy. We can talk about that in a second because um, there's a bit more to that. But I think if you look at just what happened with regards to the cattle prices this week, they have softened. Most cattle have softened a little bit. And I think that's just a bit of nervousness as well. And maybe some of the complications around what's going on with JBS and, and you know, limited or reduced buying activity. Um, certainly one of the northern sale yards um, in Victoria reported that there was no JBS buyer um, later this week in sales. So... It's going to have a flow on. And if you look to see when the US had a significant impact, both their pork and their beef processing sector uh, a few months back, um, it was a curious scenario there. And it might start to play out here too, that um, normally you'd have the livestock prices at the sale yards going in tandem with the, the, you know, the meat price uh, down to the retail, retail level, wholesale and retail level. But what happened in the US was when um, their meat processing uh, went through a bit of a hiccup for COVID, uh, obviously, the lack of buying of animals uh, going into the meatworks meant that the sale yard price tanked, uh, yeah. and the price of meat conversely went the other way and, and skyrocketed because there was all this concern. Obviously, there was a bit of panic buying that was happening at the retail level, but also and, and was, the, there was a bit of a shortage too. Short, in some short, spots, uh, a hit to supply. Yeah, know, so that saw the retailer because there's not that much. There's not really. There's not that much held at a retail level. No, it's yeah, just-in-time management, yeah. Exactly, and that's, and that's mm. one of the big things. And I think we spoke about this, I think it was with Warwick Long back in 
Yes. Early March, we talked about how just in time was a major sort of issue. Yeah, that's uh, right. And it, 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 when it works, it's great. But when you have a pandemic or anything like this, that's when mm. just in time becomes a disaster. Yeah. So we saw that kind of discord between meat prices going up and livestock prices coming off. We we might not see quite the extremes that what they saw in the US because the US had a much bigger impact across a bigger area, you know, more processing impacted. So um, if they can contain in Victoria, it might just be a temporary uh, issue, and it could just mean that a handful of sale yards might have you know, less buying interest and, and potentially more or less stock depending upon how they can move the stock around. But it'll be interesting nevertheless to see how it played out. I just, I just posted some um, it, uh, graphic images of, um, on, on Twitter just, just now, um, so you'll be able to catch it on the TN account. But um, looking at just where the slaughter is sitting for Victoria, Queensland and New South Wales, weekly slaughter from MLA's reporting. Um, and interesting, up, up until last week, uh, kind of prior to the shutdown, um, or just when the shutdown was beginning, I guess. Um, so it hasn't kind of flown through to the numbers, but the Victorian numbers are about average for the season. Um, however, New South Wales were on the bottom end of the normal range. So there's a bit of capacity there. And Queensland were very much below average, um, below the normal range. So, um, you know, at least there is a bit of spare capacity in processes uh, further north to be able to take up some of the slack. So hopefully that won't disrupt the, uh, the cattle markets too much. Yeah, it still, still causes disruption though. Yeah, it's a matter of how much. But anyway, just getting back to your, your issue on COVID and the suppression strategy, that's one of the things that I've been looking at as well on the side, Andrew, that, um, you know, this, I think it was a report from Imperial College in London in March that spoke about the two types of strategies. Um, and as I've seen it in the press now last few weeks, uh, last few days, sorry, looking at suppression or elimination. So, you know, New Zealand went down that very hard, strict lockdown to get rid of it totally. Um, and that's worked for them. And now they're pretty much opened internally. They're opened uh, fully, which is good for their economy, at least internally. It's not helping them with their tourism, though. But um, the Australian situation is very much down this suppression path where you're not eliminating the virus. You're just trying to suppress it when it breaks out. And this um, Imperial College report was basically but we, saying but, that but, that, that strategy is fine. But we were very close to eliminating it. Well, uh, maybe, uh, maybe. Well, well, uh, well numbers-wise, we were very close sort of a month ago yeah it wasn't and, and then, then, it, then it broke out again yeah not to get too political which which, which was uh, probably security guard written a, uh, a hotel uh, i'm glad hotel, you used hotel, a better phrase there than last podcast but anyway, uh, yeah correct one of the guests that probably doesn't help things either but no you know, I, I, like i think it's inevitable you know i think okay you can suppress it is the only way like you can eliminate it like new zealand mm. Like, fantastic guy, you've done a great job. But you're going to have to open up at some point. And if the rest of the That's world doesn't thin. eliminate it, it's just one person comes in and, you know, I think it's... Off it goes again. I think and it's that's the issue. That's the issue this London, um, this Imperial College report was that you might be successful for a while with this suppression. Then you get an outbreak. And if the outbreak gets away from you, then you have to go back to lockdown. And we could be seeing... I'd hate, I'd hate for this to be the case anywhere else in the country and certainly I'd hate it for the Victorians that are going through it now, the lockdown. But it could be the case that over the next two to three years, without a, a vaccine that's found, um, we are going to potentially face this rolling you know, lockdown and then back to a bit of easing and then back to a lockdown if there's an which outbreak. Is, that's which is generated. probably worse for businesses. I know, like, if you imagine you've got a, I've got a cousin with a restaurant mm. in, in Perth. Uh, Fenway and Subiaco, if anyone wants to support a good, a good uh, business. Um, but 
they get ready or any restaurant in the country gets ready for ease of lockdown. So in mm. Victoria, it's, it is what's happening. They get ready for more people coming, more patrons coming through the doors. They buy up stock, you know, to, 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 to feed the customers over that weekend and whatnot. And then boom, closed mm. again. Like it's, mm. Stop start is is so bad for a business in my no, and and, and no, look, we're, we're, in a lo- we're in a lucky situation that we work from home anyway. We mm-hmm. can work from bloody the Falkland Islands if we had to. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. Hey, look, but, that's, and that's the thing that, that the other the other concerning thing is is there is there going to be a vaccine that's able to be found? A couple of other reports from the US and the UK suggest that um, it's just coming out now that people that have had the virus um, are now getting reinfected a second time. And yeah. um, there's some suggestion that the virus might be a little bit like dengue fever, which is it, with that infection, um, each time you get infected, the symptoms become more and more severe. Um, so, I mean, if, if it's a case that it is going down that way, then it might be the scenario that we're very much in. A, this is the new norm, and it could be around for uh, many, many years. So, well, um, I'm quite enjoying the hermit life, as you can tell from my haircut and uh, growing beard. And as my mum said the other day, uh, my, my head's upside down. Because I've got a a buzz cut and a long. Well, but no. Cut. But if it's upside down and you're in the southern hemisphere, then it's the right way around for her. Yeah, that's true. It's a double upside down. So, um, so let's day, Mum. so let's go on to grains because we're actually yeah. What's going on, mate? Tell me, what's, tell me, tell me what's going on in the grains place. Right. Oh well, we had a pretty big jump in in futures overseas futures of the last week, uh, which. Even though the Aussie dollar is above 70 cents, we have uh, probably had about a $10 gain for the December futures in an Aussie in Aussie dollars per ton. Uh, pro- yeah, about that, yeah. Uh, but give or take $10, 10 to $12. Uh, what we are seeing the ASX has, has also gained as well, but it's not gained at the same level, which effectively has meant that our basis levels have gone from on average last week of $18 above CBOT to $9 above CBOT. So basically our basis has, has fallen quite considerably, uh, but we are getting some value from the overseas futures. And overseas futures, you know, as much as people talk about how futures are, are a risky thing to use, around about 75 to 80% of the overall price of grain historically in Australia. Uh, you can point towards likes of Seabot as 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 commanding quite a lot of that price. Uh, another thing we spoke about oh, quite a few times in the past in in, a, in previous incarnations of where we might may have been in the past about the Phase One deal uh, mm-hmm. between China and the US. We're not going to huge amount of detail of that, but basically the China was expected to buy a large volume of agricultural products. And it looks like they've really, after, after being quite slow on it and looking unlikely to meet their requirements, and I still think they will not meet their requirements for this year, but they have gone out and bought uh, a big chunk of corn this week, 1.7 million tons. Uh, and the previous uh, record sale was 1.4 million tons back in 94 for China. So that's a big purchase. And then, um, interesting enough, yesterday the, the wheat market really flew up because they bought two cargos of wheat, uh, China did, uh, which is not a huge, not a huge volume and probably not enough to keep things, keep things driving. Mm-hmm. But things, 
on the grain front, uh, yeah, downgrades in Argentina because of dry conditions expected with La Nina and just general dry conditions uh, at the moment for the growing season. And Russia is getting a lot of downgrades as well. Uh, probably looking more towards the mid 700s. Uh, no, sorry, take that back, not the 700s, mid 70 million tons. Uh, whereas before, probably three months ago, we're probably talking about an 80 million ton crop and above. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, things are pointing towards probably a bit more of a bullish situation. However, uh, we're not. We're still sitting on large global stockpiles of, of grains, and we are sitting into a very unusual situation where demand is probably a question mark uh, in some areas. So, and, and, and facing a fairly decent harvest, at least at a local level. Yeah, at a, at a local level, things are looking good. Although a few, a few concerning areas popping up. Uh, I was talking to a good friend of mine, Nick Booth, uh, last week, and uh, and he was. Well, that name's familiar. Yeah, I've, I've I've been a very good. You've I've known Nick for a long time, and he's uh, stepping up to the plate and uh, offering some pretty good analysis out there. Uh, but yeah, we we were chatting on the phone a couple of days ago, and he was telling me all about how it is pretty dry on the on the EP, and I find it quite interesting because I I spent a bit of time on EP for a couple of years ago when I used to go there, sort of. The EP is that a record, Andrew? The EP Alpine? The Air Peninsula. Thanks, Frank. And uh, I went there. I went there quite a lot of times actually in this in my time in Australia. And every time I went there, it was looking fantastic. And it was just bountiful and wall-to-wall crops. But yeah, it's looking a bit a bit touch and go. But still early days, and hopefully things can turn around. We just don't know. Still a long way to go. But I still, we're still at least going to produce enough to meet our domestic demand. And that means that basis is not going to be anywhere near where it was last year. So, so yeah. It's, uh, yeah, before before we um, wind it up, I remember we have asked for some of the listeners to uh, get in touch. And I had a fella, uh, Brad, come through me a couple of times just querying when I spoke last podcast or so ago about that Chinese uh, tariff scenario. And he was querying just the, you know what the story is around that tariff space, you know, the beef tariffs that got raised. Um, oh, yeah, and, yeah. Was yeah, that, and so was that, was that Brad or was that Scott? Oh no, there was two years. So Scott was one that gave us a bit of extra feedback just around the numbers, but then Brad has, has been in touch with me uh, directly, so he's given me some ideas for a bit of analysis once the TEM website gets up and running, which would be good. But um, he did just want me to clarify some of the stuff, and one of the key things, and, and Scott was helpful to uh, also um, reiterate this point that uh, the the chapter agreement runs from basically January through to December in terms of when they set those parameters. If you look closely at the Chinese trade figures, because the, the, the tariff only gets hit on that threshold when it hits above, it's, it's about 179,000 or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and so we went over that, but if you look closely at the flows currently for this year, it's actually still, the cumulative total is below that 180. Um, and so there's a query on that, but um, the issue is that the flows are recorded as they're leaving Australia uh, from the Department of Agriculture, Water and, and Environment. Um, but sometimes when they hit the port in the, in the destination country, they can sit there pre kind of, you know, not, not, not getting released through and they sit in storage for a period of time. And that's what happened with some of this, about 60,000 tonne of this Chinese stuff was actually held back last year. So they didn't hit the tariff last year. 
and then it was released into this year. So that's what's meant, you know, why the why the uh, the threshold was reached this year. Even though if you look at just this year's numbers, it's not actually above 180. It was some leftover stock from last year that pushed them above. So. Um, and so now, effectively, we've got that 12% tariff for the rest of the season, um, which, look, given how things are shaping up um, with our supply here, it's pretty tight. Um, it's probably not going to be a disaster for us. Um, and the fact that, you know, like we've said a few times, African swine fever hasn't gone out of China. Um, and so even with uh, issues around, you know, concerns around demand and, and consumption of red meat protein, um, just based off slower global growth and the Chinese growth, there's probably still enough demand there with the vacuum that's left from um, ASF that there's going to be plenty of appetite for Australian beef, even with the 12% on top. Yeah, uh, no, I think that's the thing that, that's African swine food. We keep hearing that it's it's recovered. There was some reports out of China saying that things were back to normal. Yeah. But look, it's just nice, nice nice to get the feedback from some of the listeners and uh, yeah, I actually had a, a query as well from uh, somebody, uh, Mick. Yeah, about feedlots up north and about what's what's going to happen with things like fodder and uh, and grain prices and where, whether the price is going to be as high as last year. And again, going back to what I was saying before, um, it really is a case of basis-wise, at least, we're not going to see the same prices on basis. Uh, it really is now an overseas play. You know, if we see major issues overseas develop, like, a big, bigger surprise than we've got now, then yes, we could see the same prices at a flat price level, but basis is not going to be as high. So really, if, probably if you want to protect prices, if you're a buyer of grains, like like Mick, uh, for, for a feedlot, then you probably want to be looking at the overseas futures to protect that risk as opposed to protecting a basis risk. But yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty much it for this week. Yeah? We've, had, we've had a rant at the start. We mm. spoke about COVID, we spoke mm. about grains, we've spoken about slaughter, and we've answered a few requests mm. that we had. And, from, and, from and made sure that the listeners out there just watch out for those bloody litigious North American companies, mate. You just got to be careful. Yeah, well, like, again, it's, it's really is a case of, uh, you know, it's pretty sad to see. And, and look, we're, you know, we hope it all works out well for Mick uh, because it's That's it. sad to see. That's it. So I guess. Uh, before we play the the, the, the leaving music, uh, if you could leave a, a, a like or leave a comment on this, share it with your friends and family. The more listeners, the better. We're hoping to get a couple of guests on in the next week. Yep. Uh, some some interesting old friends of of, of, of the two of us. Uh, and yeah, it should well, be not so old in age, you know. But um, yeah, age is but a number, Matt. Uh, so yeah, well, thanks since, since a thirty-five-year-old, no worries. Thanks, bud. Thanks very much, and uh, catch you guys later. See you around like a missile, mate. Ciao for now.